When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up and welcome back to the Kind of Funny Screencast. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I am joined by the sad boy himself, Barrett Courtney. One way out, Tim and Anthony. Holy shit. I can't believe that they keep delivering on this show week after week. I'm excited to talk about it with y'all. And I'm excited to talk about Tales of the Jedi just a little bit at the end of the, uh, this uh, episode here. But, oh, my God, I can't believe we knew what was coming this episode. Mm-hmm. And then the way they went even deeper and deeper, more than we could have expected, the writers are in their Duffy still. Oh, yeah. um, it's, it's so great. I'm happy to be here again to talk about Star Wars. I am with y'all. happy that you are here as well. And I'm also happy that joining us once again is the illustrious Anthony Carboni. Ooh, baby, I would rather die trying to take them down than die giving them what they want. Yeah, you know what you I mean? Would, dude. Oh, my God. God you so know what good. I mean, boys? I know exactly I'm gonna tell you this. what you mean. Great, great episode. Man, delivered on so many things. Yeah. Delivered on so many things I wanted. And we're going to talk about all of them. Once again, Sage could not join us due to some scheduling stuff, but... We're trying to get her back next week. I promise we really are trying. I think it's going to happen sooner than later. Uh, but she's loving the show. She was telling me. So we will have her. We will have her back. Uh, but before it's we an argument into... over money. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. Hey, you know, it's an uh, argument over money. <laughs> yeah. She's 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 a big deal. And you all not paying her like she's a big deal. That's, That's what I'm saying. She That's wants to see thing. those dollar signs. Tim, you got it. You got to make those business I gotta calls. Figure, okay? I got to get on the phone. I got to make it. All happen. <laughs> Of course, this is the kind of funny screencast where each and every week we get together to talk about the latest in TV, movies, and trailers. You could watch on YouTube.com slash kind of funny live when we record it, or you could watch it later at your leisure whenever you would like. You could also listen to it by searching your favorite podcast service for kind of funny screencast, and we will be right there for you. Uh, speaking of this show, the kind of funny screencast, we just did a spoiler-free Wakanda Forever review that you can check nice. out live right now. So go check that out. Um, today we're brought to you by factor me undies and shady rays those are ads we'll tell you about later but if you don't want to hear them you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny just like our patreon producers have done there's so many of them that i'm going to say them in batches throughout the show starting with morgan lorraine fargo brady hillary bernard id raven stark zilla delaney twining christopher rodriguez the kind of funny destiny 2 pc clan Corey turnip seed tall tree 81 trent barry joseph a carlson tranquil uranium macro one-up pest control alex j sandoval james hastings colin huga huganel carrie palmer and skylar peterson thank you all so very very much but i want to get right into it anthony carboni we finally saw the prison break it happened what did you think about it i really really loved the payoff of this bit i i particularly particularly kino loy uh andy circus's character um you know he, we talk he about how an Emmy. really genuinely he we talk about how in these shows actors very often have to do a lot with a little um we've had maybe kino loy has been a star wars character for maybe 15 minutes yeah do you know what i mean um but because because of of diego luna and andy circus and their their sort of like just their energy when they're playing together um kino loy has just been an absolute an absolute joy to behold because like watching him go from follow the rules do what you have to do make us the winners like you weren't sure what his motivations for that were but it was really like hey everybody i promise you if we keep our heads down we're gonna get out of here safe and so the moment he really has to reckon with the fact that isn't true you see like the real motivations of kino which is these these are my guys and i've got to keep my guys safe um and watching that go down uh was just absolutely wonderful yeah this uh uh, again like i said earlier we knew what was coming this episode and 
the way that the actors were able to bring to life that script and uh, Carboni are saying like uh, they have to do as much with how little they're given. They're given so much in the little time that they have though, which is like really impressive <laughs> is that they don't have to do like much to elevate that script because the script is so good. Uh, the speech that he gives uh, near the end Luther. that where he like repeats things to uh, that uh, Kazin had said to him earlier oh. on uh, and how he was able to inspire everybody uh, to kind of fight back and realize that they have the power in the situation. It was so beautiful. And it was, and you know, in any other show that would have been the performance that there were, Two other the performances in this, this episode, episode. <laughs> which is insane. Mm-hmm. Shout out to uh, I always forget Skarsgård's uh, character name because he's Luthen. like yeah Luthen. His speech at the end of this episode, fantastic, and we'll talk about like all of those things and his relationship with that ISB agent, which is so awesome, and I love that uh, and the struggles that both of them have. Um, I, I, I love the the um, just like the little reminders as well of. Hey, other things are happening. These are the big focuses, the jailbreak, uh, a little bit of Mothma, a little bit of Luthen, but also let's remind you that, um, oh, what's her name, is still kind of uh, keeping tabs Dedra? on. Uh, no, not Dedra. The, the the woman who was part of the heist, but she's on Ferrix, kind of t- keeping tabs on Cassian's no. mom. Yeah, and like just these little threads where you're like, all right, these are going to these are gonna oh, boil up at some point, but uh, we, we don't know when. Friend. Not Vel. Yeah, Bell yeah. is the cousin of Mothma, but mm-hmm. the other friend I I wrote down the her name. The former lover or potentially yeah. still lover. Clea. Or Clea. No, 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 Clea, no, no, Clea, Clea is Skarsgård's the... assistant. Yeah. Chat, do you have uh the badass one that did the bungee jump thing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't I, I thought I had it written down. Yeah, every everything in this episode was was truly magnificent. Um I, I love the the little details too, uh when they're doing the prison break of you know that you have the the water kind of flooding the the floor, them turning on the floor to ki- just kill everybody on the floor. The because the entire time that they're doing it, you're like, why does he want this to leak? Like, what what's the plan here? And when you realize that, like, oh, they wanted to flood the floor, so it turns off the power. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that one guy was standing in the water, so he gets shocked. But then you see, like, uh, to bring it back to um, uh, circus, right, where he was. If that had not worked, he would have died right then and there because he was telling everybody else, get on the tables, get on the tables, and he was still there, and he has that moment of, like, oh, my God, I should have just died. Yeah, as the water's, like, slowly coming towards him. Yeah, and then the rush where he's, like, fight, get them. It's so – this was such a fantastic episode. I feel like I'm rambling just because there's so much – so many things to talk about specifically, but, (laughs) like, where do you guys want to start? I mean, Barrett, like, your rambling just gave me chills again thinking about this. Like, what a episode. What a follow-up to the last couple episodes. I'm sorry I interrupted you. It's Cinta. Cinta. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Sorry. Come on. Dude. My brain just snapped into place. (laughs) I apologize. The the first couple episodes of the show, like, kind of functioning as the prologue, of where we're going it was like, all right this is cool then you get to the heist and the build up to the heist was like excellent and then they did the heist and i'm like we can't get better than this once we get to this prison arc and now this prison break i'm literally like well they can't top this i know like they just keep going higher and higher and it is so so engrossing and just every single choice they make i'm so in on and i love it because so far the the uh, what's it called? Garen Five, the barrack, some barracks five, something like that. The the where the whatever the name of the prison is. Like mm. that whole bit has always been was been my favorite of the the show so far. Yeah. But in this episode, mm-hmm. even when it's like I do not want them to cut away from that ever because I'm so in it. Whenever they cut to the other storylines, I'm equally you're into invested. It. It's I'm not like, like a C line where you're like, oh um, my god, like let's get through this kind of it thing. It really starting to feel like they're all connecting in this beautiful, interesting way. That like, my god, they're just dealing with the the empire and the rebellion in a way that feels so much more real. Where mm-hmm. even yeah. in this prison break, like their plan, the way they all did it, the amount of death that happens, the amount of yeah. prisoners they lose yeah. in like ways that aren't dramatic and rogue one like we've talked about where everyone gets their big it's just moment, a moment that stuff. it's just a thing that happens you get shot once you're dead and yeah. like that's it and you see people's faces when like dead bodies that are like whoa that was a a, a main character last episode like, yeah holy shit and yeah like, like one of the one of the guys from table five like yeah. fucking like bites the dust there and you're like oh man because you you kind of even though there were like doubters a part of uh, Cassian's group, you you felt like there was still a camaraderie because they were working together because some of them still believed and stuff like that. 
um, yeah, it was it was really heartbreaking to see one of them get shot. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was so fantastic. Uh, and the the thing, uh, sorry, uh, Carboni, I'll throw it to you in a second. The yeah. thing I think that is so impressive about this, because yeah, like in any other show, the heist in the middle of the season would have been the peak. And I think the the smart thing that they did right is that the heist in another show, the heist arc would have been the same arc that Cassian gets sold on fighting for the rebels, yes. but he doesn't. So how do you up the stakes there? You don't, you make it about personal stakes and mm-hmm. him going through this prison system, really understanding the endless amount of control that the empire has, even on just such a small scale. And even he brings up of like, whatever we're building for them is important. Stuff like that. Like you guys brought up last week of just like, what the hell are we doing here? Kind of thing. And seeing the endless cycle personally for him being arrested for not even the actual crime he did, but for just kind of existing in a wrong place at the wrong time. This was the arc where I feel like he gets sold on like, you know, we see him at the end of the episode, uh, they make it to shore and he's with, uh, the guy that Carboni pointed out last week is in row one. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I, I I thought that was such a smart way to roll out Cassian's kind of arc throughout this where, I love that he is still not sold on the the mission after the heist, and this was his personal kind of like, yeah, shit's bad, and I understand what it actually does to people. Um, I think you'd see it more showcased in Circus's character, but um, yeah, that's great. Which, which, by the way, I can't swim. Mm. Like, like what, that can't be the pause. end of Kino Loy. That can't be the end. But that's so that's so good. That's what this yeah. show does so well is like it, it, it's it was just so heartbreaking. Like he got all the way to the edge and he's like, oh no, now what? I like yeah. I can't get out of here. I literally can't get out of here. Um, I do want to say one of the things that the show is doing really well, and I think one of the reasons it rings is um it rings as one of the most Star Wars things, but also like one of the best Star Wars shows that they've done is they're doing a great job of balancing character and action. And they know, and they have the benefit because it's not one of these six episode miniseries of we can do B and C plots with characters. And B and C doesn't mean they're less important. It's just there are other plots going on. And so one episode gets to have a lot of action because you don't have to take away from other character arcs that can ground it. Uh, and we did see a lot of that with Mon Mothma and Luthen this episode. Uh, so Bo Willeman wrote this episode, and I want to say shout out because, uh, well, shout out to everybody, because writing that many soliloquies, hopeful soliloquies God, in one dude. episode <laughs> and making them not come off like, okay, yeah, we're all going to we're all gonna throw the ball to Rudy. Like, I get yeah. it, you know? But... <laughs> To be able to pull it all off uh, is is really really wonderful. I love the episode, or I love the the bit with Mon Mothma and Davo Skulden, um, mm. who is so slimy. And in the beginning, you're like, uh, like I get it. He's kind of like he's kind of got a chip on his shoulder about like the wealthy and powerful. That's cool. Everybody in Star Wars does. That's totally fine. And like. He's breaking the rules because the Empire's rules suck. And then he's like, yeah, by the way, um, your daughter, I'm going to marry into your family. That's all I want. And it's like, that's all you want? That's all? Yeah. It's so fucking gross. And, and, I think, and the like, way he presents it, too, is like in that classic, just like, I'm, I just want them to, I just want an introduction, you know? And it's yeah. just like, what? you know what you're Let's doing, Let's see how though. it goes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, that was really gross, but I love the tension there. Uh, and I love that, you know, she's really coming up against, and I think this moment was important too, uh, because we've seen a lot of her, we've seen what her family thinks of her. Um, and we've seen what her daughter thinks of her. Uh, and so I think it was important to see this moment where Mon Mothma is like, no, I'm not going to, this, I'm not selling you out for my political career. I'm not leaving you behind for this. My family is actually important to me. Uh, so it was good that we got to see that because I think some people were kind of like bagging on Mon Mothma a little bit. Uh, and so it, it was good for them to see that moment. Well, um, for, for me at the end of that scene though, right, where uh, earlier on he's like, uh, you know, you're, you're very blunt, you don't lie, and uh, you, you don't say things that are untrue. And then when 
you know, she shoots him down and she's like, I'm not thinking about it. And he kind of retorts back to her. Like, that's the first untrue thing you've said. I, yeah. I, to me, that last shot in that scene where she is really sitting there and thinking, I, I, I feel like it was a little bit more of a inner struggle uh, mm-hmm. of that. Right. I don't think it's for a split second for a moment. Yeah. I think she did think about, well, would this work? Oh, yeah. And I think she, I think there's probably a, a, a small percentage in her head of like, I don't know, what if this guy's not, what if this guy's not so bad? What yeah. if his what if his son is not so bad? I, what I if think this it's, all turns out okay? I think it's less that, and it's more like this might be something we have to do, like fitting with. Uh, well, Luthen's, that's what I'm saying. That's, yeah, but, that's what I'm saying. But not so much like, that it's going to be okay, and it's, it's not that bad. It's more like yeah. it's bad, but it's worth it. And I think that fits in with Luthen's speech at the end, which like. My God, like you were saying it, Carboni, but like the amount of soliloquies in this episode that don't that do the thing without doing the thing of like mm-hmm. trying too hard. I can't believe how, how much they pulled it off and mm-hmm. it all fit together. And even like piecing back to like lines and themes and ideas we've heard in the previous episodes, like this episode also had a climb moment. <laughs> and yeah. like, like yeah. how many times are we going to see climb mean something like the same thing, but in different contexts climb. and Luther <laughs> yeah. ending like his speech where he's talking about, we, we need to do these things and like there's stuff we don't want to do. And it's all for a future. We're probably not even going to get to see like yeah. we are doing this for the betterment of the galaxy, but it's not even for us. That moment of Mon Mothma where she gets called out I think that was her being like having that same thought of like, mm-hmm. fuck, I might need to like do some really bad shit to myself and my family. Yes. It. Like I've committed to this already. Like there's no going back. And what does that actually mean? And it's just such a dark thing that like, I would have never expected to get from a Mon Mothma story. Yeah. Uh, and she's crushing it. She's crushing. just crushing it. Uh, <laughs> and same for, same for Skarsgård. I mean, I always, we always knew Skarsgård had chops. We always knew that, Ger- that Geraldine had chops, but like, I, I've never been like, well, I love Stellan Skarsgård. You know what I mean? I'm always like, and I think it's because he just hasn't had the opportunity to play a character that I love. Right. I always knew he was a good actor. Um, but seeing him, especially during this, and my favorite thing about his, his soliloquy is the bit about ego and the bit where like he clearly, because he knows, he's like, what have I sacrificed? But he... And he, you know, he tells dude's name is Lonnie. Every schmuck Lonnie. in this episode, has, every schmuck in this in this series has the most oh, Earth we got, name. We got, we're gonna talk about Lonnie Carboni. We got Tim me. and Lonnie. Yeah, but which, by the way, Lonnie, the guy that we all pointed at and being like, that's the most imperial looking guy I've ever and seen. The, well, not so, on that, but like he's the so most good. 70s looking guy that yeah. they somehow yes. cast. <laughs> he looks like the most classic imperial guy we have ever seen, and he turns out to be the rebel spy. Great, so, so good. But Skarsgård saying, uh, Luthen Rail saying, uh, my ego, my ego. He knows that he is in a comfy position. He knows that he is the, the money man who has a very comfortable life and does go home. But he's trying to convince this guy. And he does believe, and he does also believe that he gave up everything. And when he talks about ego, I think what he's saying is like, I was young and I had a lot of money and I thought I could be a hero. I thought I will be the guy that saves the galaxy. And now that I've been doing this for so long, I understand that being the guy that saves the galaxy or one of the guys that saves the galaxy is a shitty job. I I, I wrote down a quote here uh, where he's like, I I share my dreams with ghosts again. Yes. So good. Or my favorite death cab album. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Where it's just like in that simple line, you, 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 even then you kind of feel the weight of the people he has lost personally. But then also I wake up every day to an equation I wrote 15 years ago for which there is only one conclusion. I'm damned for what I do. God yeah. damn dude. God Cause he's damn. talking about, you know, they're talking about this thing where uh, this guy was going to, he wanted this guy to work with Saw Gerrera and uh, this Krieger, Kriegen guy uh, wanted, wanted him to work to uh, work Saw Gerrera. They wouldn't do it. Um, and because they wouldn't do it, he's like, hmm, they're probably going to lose. There's no way this happens. And so when Lonnie's like, dude, they're going to come and you got to tell them because 50 guys will die. And Luthen Rail's like, 50 guys? 50 guys? That's fine if 50 That's guys die. Because then, then they think there's no rebellion. Then they think there are 50 stupid guys. Yeah. Don't yeah. you worry, Lonnie. Everything's going well. And, and not and even lo- just like there's no rebellion, but also like if they're prepared that – 
ISB is not stupid. They're going to put together, like, there's a leak coming out of ISB as well. Um, right. He's like, I'm saving. He says, he says, you're worth it, Lonnie. Yeah, you're worth more you're than that. You're worth it to me. He says, I think, he says, I think about you every day. This kind <laughs> of, like, weird, he reminds me almost of, uh, he reminds me almost of, uh, in Solo, Paul Bettany. Uh, I'm sorry, my name brain oh, is, like, not solo. clicking. Uh, but I love D, him. Right? I, I love that character so much because um, he acts incredibly nice. Dryden right? Voss, crispy in the chat. Dryden Voss, yes. thank you. I fucking love Dryden Voss. He is. Dryden Voss so is always like being so sweet and saying nice things to people, but he's always got his hand on their chest, right? Oh, yeah. He's always got them pinned. He's always telling them, you're so important to me. Like, uh, I could never bear to lose, like, that sort of thing. And Luthen's doing the same thing here to Lonnie, where it's like, no, you're so important to me, Lonnie. You're so important to the rebellion. Yeah. And unfortunately, that means terrible things for you, is what I'm saying. And he's only getting, But out I, loud, I'm telling you, you're safe and you're important. And, yeah. yeah, and I, I love the, the further manipulation, too, where Lonnie is kind of telling uh Skarsgård about Dedra of like I'm I'm giving you this person who is like really on your ass and I love the kind of nonchalant where he he's like she's wasting time where it's like that is definitely a deflection so in case Lonnie gets figured out he barely has the like as far as he knows they weren't responsible for the heist and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and I I feel like that was a yeah a great tactic to not give him too much info and play it off like she's not catching on in case they find out Lonnie, which I feel like at this point they might have to. Yeah. Especially like if especially if Lonnie wants out. If Lonnie wants out, it's one of those things mm-hmm. where it's like, well, you're not gonna get out okay. Yeah, you know, so yeah. I, I'm really interested in where we're going the rest of the season because there's only two episodes left, right? And now yep. that we know that Andor is out of the prison, and it's like, I wonder if they're gonna deal with that like how does that information get disseminated to the the people that like the well, empire is doing this to these prisoners yeah. right it's funny because like I, I love this because it shows how how vast and bureaucratic the empire is and how that is a weakness for them uh we we see that all the time but it it shows it a lot in this episode they had andor they mm-hmm. had andor the whole time mm mm-hmm. mhm so. They've all been looking for him, and he was right there. Yep. Um, and it's their own, like, bureaucratic inefficiency. Um, I mean, I, I love that so much because they – the God, another amazing speech in this, but Andy Serkis giving the speech as it's like the, the heist is ha- – or not the heist, the break is happening. Yep. And the music is beautiful and swelling as he's giving the speech, and we're seeing the montage of all of them fighting and getting out and all this. When they finally get to the edge and, like, they you see it, it's like, oh, they need to jump and, like, they need yeah. to swim. The shot – above the prison where the prison itself looks like the imperial logo, logo. and it looks like it's bursting open with people swimming out of it like like, oh, like good, there's a dude. crack in <laughs> oh. the, the system it it backs up everything you just said of like wow like this the show level is of so poetry c- yes. in every single thing that they can do whether it's cinematography writing performances Music, all of it so the one man yeah, it's, it, it's fantastic it's one of those things again i said this last week uh like people need to watch the show um, and I, I think, again, we, we have two episodes left. Maybe they they fumble it in these last two episodes. I highly doubt it, but it, it's one of those things after these first 10. Like, I'm, I, I think this is the best live-action product from Star Wars mm-hmm. in the Disney era. Uh, by the way, the cinematographer this episode, because I did want to call, call him out as well, uh, because I also loved the, the symmetry of the shot with Mon Mothma, the wide shots with mm-hmm. with Mon and and Davo and her friend, her childhood friend, sitting on that long couch in the directions that she's being pulled in. Oh yeah, and how yep. calm she's trying to. It it all looks so good. Uh, it was Adriano Goldman who has also done. Uh, he was the cinematographer for. Um, for City of Men and on The Crown and on Sin Nombre and just okay. on like a lot of Damn. really beautiful stuff. So. Uh, it, it was such a good looking episode. Every episode is good. Oh, absolutely. can I tell you the one thing that I really love is that they have not fallen into the current television series thing. I think maybe the first episode did a little bit of like boost the brightness on your television, boys, because we're going in for a for a modern day prestige TV series. Andor has been surprisingly well lit and well shot. Yep. Um, 
as opposed to like a lot of stuff that we see from everybody lately, not just Disney Plus, where it's like, hey, do you have HDR? Even that won't save you. Yeah. It's dark. It's it, dark it, in this it, show. It, did we shoot this scene that was intended for nighttime during the day? So in the post-production process, we like toned that sucker down a lot, a lot. And yeah, you have to kind of deal with that. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I loved, yeah, this was such a good, good linchpin episode. And I think like the two of you are saying, um, you know, after the heist, you're like, okay, one of two things is going to happen here. This is going to kick things into high gear, and this show is going to keep trying to surprise us. Or that was our kind of big moment, and we're sailing, you know, kind of at an even keel until whatever the finale is. And some of these limited series have been doing that, right? Where they yeah. have like a big tussle in the middle. All of them. And then it's like, now Honestly. hold your breath. Hmm? I, I would say all of them. Like, I feel like. We haven't seen any of the the Disney Plus shows, at least on the Marvel side or Star Wars side, that have a fantastic middle and a fantastic end. It's either or. If it's even. These, I'm, I'm telling you, I think it's. I genuinely think it's these six episode pacing issues. Yes. I think that's. I think it's like, look, if you're gonna if you're gonna greenlight a show, you've got to give that show time and space to tell its story. And you cannot dictate that that happens in six episodes. Like, there's just, there's just no way. But it's so I mean, weird, some sort, though, sure. Because, like, in, in almost opposition to that, I feel this show works best in its three-episode arcs. And, like, those arcs add together yeah. and all enhance each other. But it's, yeah. like, so far, I, if a season of Andor was just the heist, it mm-hmm. would have been better than any of the previous Star Wars shows, essentially. Right. And I feel like sure. if the prison break, maybe add an episode or two more just to, like, add even more. Because, God, I was so into this shit. But, like, it is just, it's so, so damn impressive what they are, are doing with all of this. Yeah, it's, you're, you're right. It's, it's, I think, their pacing I, I think, is good. Yeah. It's, that's it, what it is. They're, they're, the pacing they're paying, is good. Yeah. They're paying attention. The pacing is good, and they're paying attention. And they, yeah. and they understand, like, to tell a larger story in a compelling way in a series, you have to tell a lot of smaller stories. And, and you know what I, I think makes the show stand out so much and why we're so high on it is they make decisions that feel like real decisions as opposed to, oh, what's cool for the show? What's cool for the, like, right. what, what's the MacGuffin that can save the day and all that? It feels like the show lacks MacGuffins. It's always like, yeah. even just the way, the plan that they had to get out of the prison, it all made sense. There wasn't some right. weird thing that, that came up where they're like, oh, like we saw the power start to go out last episode yeah. when they did the big shock. It's like, oh, when they killed those people, the power's down. We can use that to our advantage. It all feels very purposeful. And going back mm-hmm. to the heist, the heist felt believable. It wasn't like we have this insurmountable challenge. It's like, no, it is going to be extremely difficult, but y'all are well prepared. Yeah. And it is backed up by the other storylines happening of all the spy rebel like stuff of the amount of people that are spies for the rebellion already. I am so surprised by I know, And I love it. I love seeing all these Imperial people because we're still in that point where there is no rebellion, but yeah. these are mm-hmm. just people that know that it's wrong and they've been in the wrong thing. So yeah. they are actually informed on how bad it actually is. And all of that just adds up to Star Wars Andor. Yeah. And it's uh... there are two there are two things that I'm interested in 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 seeing that have to happen, not at the end of this season, but by the end of this series, which is number one, we have to see the fall of Mon Mothma as a as a senator and how she becomes somebody who will associate with criminals, with your Davo, with your Davos of the world, right? Mm. Because she has to hire she has to hire Cassian Andor. She has to hire Melshi. She has to hire these criminals yeah. that these these people who she is a senator and she understands that a lot of these laws are inhumane, but she also under, she also follows the rule of law right now. Right. Because that's what she believes in. So it's going to be interesting to see that. The other big question that I have, and I'm posing this to you two for bets right now. Love it. Hold on. Before you even pose it, I want to get through the ads and then I want to come back and get to this juicy stuff. All right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So okay. Hold on. before we do that, let me read off some more Patreon producers Casey Andrew, Elliot, Brian, e. Ch- Brian Chaney, Casey Kern, G. Greg, Trevor Starkey, Adam, Jacob Moifelt, Super Daddy Kyle, Undertopian, David Mintel, Jordan from Kansas, Cameron Bowes, Jake Holbs, David uh, Huizenga, uh, Jerrica Chu, Molecule, Nathan Lamoth, Monica Boomenlog, and Delaney Twining. Thank you all so very much. For everybody else, here's some ads. 
Shout out to Shady Rays for sponsoring this episode. Shady Rays has all the essentials you need to make summer complete. Shady Rays sunglasses offer an industry-best combination of fit, style, and performance without the big brand price tag. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they will send you a brand new pair. They also provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order and have donated over 20 million meals to date. Look good in your shades and feel good by making an impact. If you don't love them, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There is no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for y'all listening right now, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. You can go to ShadyRays.com and use code KINDAFUNNY for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. And there you go. Check it out. Shout out to Factor, a ready-to-eat meal delivery. They shop, prep, cook, and deliver to your door so you can just enjoy chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals during the holidays, minus the hassle. Plus, with 34 meals per week, including Gourmet Plus, Keto, Calorie, Smart, Vegan Plus, Plus Veggie, and 36-plus weekly add-ons, you'll have plenty of nutritious, flavorful options to choose from. Moving into the new studio has totally changed Gia and I's day-to-day routine, but luckily, Factors Fresh, never-frozen meals make it easy for her to fuel up fast at home and save time with meals delivered ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. Factor has everything you need for a week of flavorful, nutritious eats. In addition to ready-to-eat meals, they have cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, extra protein, veggie sides, and more. Head to go.factor75.com slash kindoffunny60 and use code kindoffunny60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code kindoffunny60 at go.factor75.com slash kindoffunny60 to get 60% off your first box. And shout out to me, Undies. The holidays are officially upon us and it's time to start celebrating, like actually celebrating. It's your holiday too. So you should be able to relax and do what you love. If that means watching every single seasonally themed rom-com, so be it, live your life, do your thing. It's the most wonderful time of the year to try MeUndies because they're currently offering a very merry deal. You can get 20% off your first purchase with free standard shipping and free returns when you go to MeUndies.com slash kinda funny. Y'all already know how much I love MeUndies. Even right now, I'm wearing MeUndies socks, I'm wearing MeUndies undies, and this very t-shirt is made of the same soft, beautifully soft micro-modal fabric that MeUndies is famous for. Their undies, loungewear, and sleepwear are made out of the softest, most supple fabric you have ever felt, and that is a fact. They're available in sizes extra small all the way up through 4XL. MeUndies has what you need to make all your favorite people smile this holiday season, all in one convenient place. Feel free to start thinking about yourself now. You can get 20% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee by going to MeUndies.com slash kinda funny. That's MeUndies.com slash kinda funny. So my thing is, do you think that the character Andy Circus plays because he's left at the prison, what we were theorizing last week, he eventually, they turn him into Snoke. Do you think that's the yeah, lore that Snoke. we're trying? <laughs> that, yeah, that's he what it is. He jumps in. He like was... drowns just a little bit. And yeah. That's why and he looks a little funky. Back out. Oh yeah, yeah dude. That's <laughs> that was the bet I was gonna. That was the bet I was gonna ask yeah, exactly. you guys about. What, it, what is the bet, Anthony he's gonna... Carboni? Marva, is Marva really as um, as sick and as frail and as confused as oh. she seems, or does she know? that she's being watched because of Cassian. Remember, she comes from a criminal background. Fuck, that's a really good call. My I, gut says she's just old and sick. Yeah. But damn. I'm, I'm 50-50 on it. I'm, I'm 50-50 on it. The fact that they keep her in the story, yeah. and it, it feels, feels like, like it's it, more than just as a thing to make Andor feel bad. Like, yeah. That's an interesting theory. Yeah, I like I I like that uh, that that take that perspective on it. I, yeah, my gut as well just feels like this is it's going to be like one more touchstone where it's like she is as sick as uh, they're they're making it out to be, but she's still going to somehow find a way to attack the local uh, kind of takeover of the hotel and stuff, and that um, wh- however hard the empire kind of goes back against the local people of Ferrix because of her actions, I, I think yeah. will be another nail in Andor's kind of uh, um, 
character arc of like, all right, well, uh, yeah, I really got to fight for the, the the rebels here and, and fight against this uh, oppressive force that's, you know, I experienced on my lonesome in a prison, but also mm-hmm. now I really see it uh, with uh, my, my fellow people from my planet. Yeah, because I think, look, I don't think Marva makes it out of this series alive, whether it's due to the fact that she's she's just older and she's not faring well, or because she makes a, a big bold sort of. I think the more interesting smart th- smart decision. Who mm-hmm. knows? But because she makes a big bold decision. But I do, because I, I think the way this show works is it can go one of two ways. They're showing us Marva's decline so that every time Cassian comes home, he sees it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that weighs on him. Uh, or, and and she does eventually. She does eventually pass. But I also see that she could have been pretending, and they still wind up killing her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, because yeah. she does something. She does something big. She makes like a big move. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I'm fifty fifty on it. Yeah. I think the more interesting question is, will she make it out of the first season? There's so many questions that we have left with only two episodes left. Like, we didn't see Cyril Figgis at all in at this all. episode, and which is really God, interesting. Of like, That's we, what I was going to say. Yeah. Not enough Cyril in this episode. I know. Which I, no I, Cyril. I, I, think, I think it might have been Kebab's, like, early on before we were even live in our chat was, like, we have two episodes left, and, like, we don't really know where his arc is going, but I kind of love that because we know season two is coming. We know it'll be another 12 episodes af- after this season. Um, so I, I like that they – I feel like they're playing a little bit more of the, the long game to kind of uh, drag out a re-meeting between him and Cassian. But even then, it's like we have two episodes left, and where the fuck what are we else going? do we have left? So <laughs> it's like yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the next two episodes are very heavy on uh, Dedra and, um, and that dude. What's his name again? Cyril. 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 Yeah, Figgis. I need to remember because he eats the no, cereal. No. Cereal, cereal. <laughs> um, but yeah, they. I, I have a feeling that we're going to get a lot more of them um, next episode, which is great because the show's done such a good job of like showing the parallels between these characters and all of them being in their own prisons and all that stuff. And it's like now that we've kind of Andor's out, right? And it's mm-hmm. like he has this new mindset on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, we assume I'm, we can only assume so much, I mean, right? Even if yeah. it's not him ready to be a rebel, it's more like he's definitely like fuck the empire, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so that's why I'm interested in like how that information is going to get out. If it does get out, who gets it? Like what? Right. What is? I don't think it'll I, be widespread. I think. Yeah. You know? I think, and I think Cassian, even though he probably knows that. Luthen and Vel are kind of maybe they're unhappy with him. Maybe he's a loose end. Maybe he knows that. Maybe he doesn't. I think he tries. I think he's going to try to get the information to them because they're the only people that he knows that would yeah. do anything with it. Um, whether he, if he tries to get the information to anybody at all, I think it might be a situation of like, here's what you need to know. I'm out. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of people in this show say that they're out. When they yeah. can't be out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but remember, like, it's also tricky because right now Cassian's in a place where the Empire and the burgeoning rebellion both want him eliminated because he's kind of a loose end for both of them. Um, what I love about this show is also one of the things that's going to make it one of the hardest finales to pull off, which is we care about a lot of characters right now. And a lot of characters are kind of up in the air. We don't know where they're going right now. And they've got two hours to not just not just make give the season a satisfying ending but give every one of these characters one of those satisfying prestige television cliffhangers right yep. Yep. And that's that's tough to pull Oof. off. Oof. Yeah, so it's like we've it, this reminds me of when we do the the shit list over on patreon.com so that's kind of funny where like we kind of guess the top 10 of a of a top 10 list and then we get to like the bottom 3 and we kind of readjust of like what our predictions are. We have two two episodes left. And I feel like the the big moments that we're gonna have to hit, because we only we know that this is only two seasons. I think by the end of this season, I think Cassian is like full in for the rebels. Because then we're only getting twelve episodes of him doing spy stuff, where we know we're gonna get time jumps. This uh, this season, right, is five years before Rogue One, and they've said before that the show will lead into Rogue One. So there's going to be a lot of like jumping around. I feel like in season two, maybe in the, even in like the last episode of season one itself, just to get us kind of like expectations for season two of like, okay, maybe we're jumping around a little bit more. I doubt it. Mm. I think we stay in the, the, the real time ish of okay. this season. And then I think it ends with a, like him joining the rebellion, whatever that means. And yeah. then yeah, season two, I imagine we're going to get a lot of time jumps. I think that, 
I think more so than ever, Dedra like has um I don't know what it's gonna be, but she's gonna be really on the tail of of Luthen, Cassian, and that whole crew. Um mm-hmm. I, I Well Luthen has to go down so Mon Mothma can take his place. Yeah, yeah we right. don't see Luthen anywhere but this show. And I, I but also the other thing is Mothma, that was something I was gonna bring up earlier, uh what you were saying, Carbonia, of like eventually she has to fall as a public figure to go actually kind of be the leader of this uh uh this rebellion which i feel like maybe that's a a little of us uh assuming stuff because uh, as we remember um uh leia's dad uh jimmy smith who we uh, we love um it seems like even when they got closer to the actual like uh fighting um with the rebels and stuff like that he was still able to like go home and not be attacked and stuff like that and even when they apprehend leia in a new hope you know she's like i'm on a diplomatic journey and like they kind of they kind of sniff like you guys are up to something but they don't fully have stuff Maybe mm-hmm. that's what Mothma's situation is as well. We don't fully know that, I think. Um, but I also, if they do go that route where she does have to like kind of fall as a public figure in the Empire, I don't think we'll see that this season. I think that'll be something yeah. safe for next season. Quick, quick question sure. about Bail Organa. I can't remember his end. Like, does he die in Alderaan when he yeah. gets blown up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, mm-hmm. um, I think it might have be, uh even implied in... Row one, or even a new hope that like he's home. Yeah, when, when all that goes down. Okay. So okay, unfortunate. Rest in peace. Yeah, it's I I don't know because like I mean I just thought about this as we we're talking here, but like, do you think they kill Luthen? Oh, this 100%. season. Oh, that's the thing. It's like just for that prestige television shit, right? Of like, yo, no. we're all about this. Like that because that could be if he dies for whatever reason, that could be the impetus for Mod Mothman to just straight up be on the run. Be like, I think I think if it happens. Shit, I think if that happens, it's not this season. Yeah. But I think something something has to happen to Luthen to take him down a peg by the end of this season. Mm-hmm. Whether he gets found out or whether something goes wrong or or something. We gotta see we gotta see something catch up to Luthen, I think, by the end of this they, season. The, I feel like Dedra needs to know that Axis equals Luthen. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. By the end of this season, at the very least. That could be like the cliffhanger enough of like, oh fuck, they are on to to the the, the rebels. You right. Know? A lot of interesting God. threads. A lot. So much, so, and again, we're only two episodes away from knowing what uh, what they're going to do with uh, this end here. So, mm-hmm. so here's what I want to do. I was thinking about this. Carboni has not seen Tales of the Jedi yet, unfortunately. So, I was thinking, Anthony, maybe we'll have yeah. you just bounce out now, and then we can just go full in on on spoiler talk for for Tales. Yeah, yeah uh, we can do that. I'll take off right now, and um, I will uh, I will do my Star Wars fan penance. And uh, and whip myself for not watching oh God. it yet. No, you don't have to do wow. that. Just watch wow. the, watch it. Well, you can just yeah, watch it. I mean, I'm gonna watch it, but also, how have I not watched it? Yeah, I had to catch up this I last weekend. I get myself, it. And yeah. I blame the sea. Yeah. Well, let me tell you. Can you I should you watch what? it. You should watch it. Also, so, last I'm prediction before you go, Carboni. I think it's because I want to. Because be... I want to shout out. I want to shout out Janina Gavankar, friend of the show, friend of all of us, wonderful person. As uh, as the voice of Ahsoka Tano's mother, Hell which yeah. I am so excited to see. So cool. uh, I'm so happy for young. her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, I wanted to point out that um, when you take a sip of your drink and you're the guest in the background, it is all encompassing. Oh, like yeah. it, like you really like it's so. I can't even do this. It's so distracting. It's big, dude. Like put put it towards the camera. Oh, so you're oh, gone. Yep. He's just gone. He's just like, just like the Kevin back, said. No, yeah. back, Kevin said not on my watch. <laughs> well, yeah. Look how big that. That's a big old cup, everybody. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Venti. Anthony, for joining us. We will see Anthony, you. Did you blame the sea? Yeah, that? I blame the sea. You blame the sea. Were yeah. you ocean bound at all this last week? Yeah, I blame the sea. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. That's what we do here. We blame the sea. Right. Sorry. Right. Do you not? Do you not? The sea is the harsh mistress, Kevin. Do you not indeed, know that? Indeed. Indeed. Okay, so what's your problem? I don't understand. No, I just I just wanted to make make sure I understood that you blamed the sea for not being able to watch uh, the show. That, yeah, I blame the sea. Okay, mm-hmm. excellent, excellent. That's that's what I thought. Okay, I was cool. Verify. What are you like? What are you like? A, like real super close friends with the sea now, Kevin? <laughs> it's really confusing because Kevin responded with the seed, and I now it's like now no, lost. I, I now really seed? lost. I didn't say seed. Save like the rebellion. Did. Save the trees. <laughs> Be friends with the seed. <laughs> Oh man, I love it so much. We will see Anthony Carboni <laughs> return. Like, oh, like, why are you doing this, Kevin? I, I, like, like, 
Re- Sophia, you don't know. You La- don't know. Last thing I want to say before Carboni goes, I think uh, Saw Gerrera is going to be the, the thing that catches up with Luthen because they are so different uh, versions of what the rebellion stands for. And I think Saw, Saw Gerrera is going to have something to do with Luthen's end. There we go. Ooh, I there love that because I love Saw Gerrera. I, I want some more of it. But all right. We'll nice. see you next week, Anthony. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Deceptions. <laughs> more and more every day. <laughs> all right. Tales of the motherfucking Jedi Barrett. Six episodes. They're all less I'm than still here minutes. for some reason. <laughs> this is so much. So much. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, we no longer friends. God. <laughs> is he gone? Is he gone? I don't know. Gone? I don't know. Kevin, have you left, left the Discord call? Who knows? Yeah, I did. I did. Okay. Yeah. okay, okay. So, Tales of the Jedi. It is a six-episode series. Cut him off too. Like, I, I left the like big Discord call that shares with him. I don't know if that was supposed to do that. Maybe he wants to watch you guys. He's gone now. Back to the sea. Back to the sea. Uh, Tales of the Jedi. Six-episode show dropped all at once on Disney Plus. Pretty unceremoniously, honestly. Like, this yeah. was like definitely like their least promoted project, and they also put out Bad Batch. So. Kind of interesting, um, but the difference is this is uh, six episodes, two sets of three in a weird order. Yep. <laughs> it's not how you'd think, yep. um, focusing on different stories about Jedi in the Clone Wars era, mm-hmm. um, kind of time jumping all around the place, and it's it's really interesting. Um, they're less than 15 minutes each, and I highly recommend people watch them. You do not need prior knowledge of, like, watching all the other shows and stuff. Yeah. Of course, that helps, but this is definitely made for, like, movie fans i would say um so like hey if you like the star wars movies if you like jedi stuff you should check this out and i think that it coming out during andor it's the perfect time where it's mm-hmm. like star wars this week is better than it's been for me in decades it feels like Jeez. where you're getting the jedi stuff from tales and then you're getting the like the grounded real prestige stuff, yeah. grounded stuff from andor yeah um but these are super 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 cool um jedi stories and half of it focuses on ahsoka and those episodes are okay yeah. I feel like there's cool things in them. Something's not that great. The other half focus on Count Dooku, quite his apprentice Qui Gon Jinn, and those episodes are freaking incredible. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty similar to you. I, I, I loved when they first announced this, right? Which again, I feel like was the only promotion for this show. Um, I love that it started off of like, yeah, we're telling these like kind of smaller stories with Jedi. And these first six episodes are going to be about two Jedi who've left the Jedi Order and for, like, kind of good reason and to kind of because they sense the the fact that, like, the Jedi have lost their way. The, uh, the structures in which we have tied ourselves to the Galactic Republic is inherently wrong and we need to do, like, soul searching. Like, Ahsoka leaves and does it for a very, like, uh, kind of just cause. And I, I think even uh, Dooku originally, from these episodes, we see that it, it seemed like he was trying to leave for a just cause, but then, you know, everybody gets manipulated by our boy uh, Palpy here. Um, and I, I, I love that you get a little bit of that foil between these two of like, oh shit, like maybe there is a little bit more of a foil between uh, Dooku and Ahsoka than, you know, was uh, we previously knew. Um, the thing that I really love about the Dooku stuff uh, is that, you know, the Clone Wars series, uh, again, these are animated uh, shorts uh, in the uh, style of Bad Batch and uh, season seven of the Clone Wars. And um, the Clone Wars show did so much to uh, dive deep into so much more than the, the movies ever could uh, that kind of fleshes out that story in a really satisfying way. But one of the few uh, – one of there's a couple of failings I would still say uh, from that show, and I would say, like, Dooku was still definitely, like, a, I wanted more from him. There's barely anything that they did with that. These three shorts do so much for his character that are just – it's heartbreaking. You get where he's coming from, and uh, I think they do more for his character than the entirety of the show did. On the flip side of that, I think the Ahsoka episodes are so frustratingly surface level. 
But I think it's a weird thing because she was so fleshed out in the Clone Wars show in that era. There's only so much left that you can do with her. And I get what they wanted to do with having these two foils be the first six episodes because I assume we'll get more of this eventually just because, you know, the the animation team for this, you know, when they're not doing Bad Batch now, it's like, oh, well, we might as well make shorter uh, Jedi stories and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. It, it just, I really felt the disparity or the... Um, the difference in storytelling quality in between Dooku and the Ahsoka stuff, like the her first episode of like uh, how her people uh, discover that she's a, a force uh, user and stuff like that. It's cute, but it's like it's nothing special. And then, then after episode. that, you get three like crazy Dooku episodes. And then the last two episodes are Ahsoka episodes. And, like, the the second Ahsoka episode I like. It's another moment with her and Anakin. Uh, Anakin inadvertently training her for Order, Order 66. And I was like, this is a cool moment. And then it does really the cool. uh, jump forward to her and Rex about to, like, go all out against the the rest of Rex's crew. And it's so heartbreaking. It adds somehow even more depth to that entire episode. It's somehow more heartbreaking. That episode I really liked. And then her last episode was like a 10-minute retelling of the Ahsoka book, which I said on the Obi-Wan reviews that like the Obi-Wan show just felt like a a not as well-written version of the Ahsoka book. And then to have this 10-minute version boiling down her entire character arc uh, cutting off and kind of ig- ignoring um, kind of romantic love interests and stuff like that, it, not getting as in-depth of her struggles of trying to hide but help out as much as she can, helping out the, uh, this group of people that she works with, seeing the struggles that they go through because of her actions, making herself doubt that even more. You can't do that in 10 minutes. And it was just, like, frustrating to watch of, like, how much they – kind of failed at that. On the flip side, having not read the book, yeah. I thought they did a really good job with it, but that's just because I, I didn't say know. The uh the Inquisitor that she fights, dope as hell. So dope. And yeah. I think that's the thing is like it it definitely was a greatest hits best best of thing, but I feel like they did a good job of putting us in the world quickly and like her working on a farm and like the way they did all that stuff. Some of it was like cool, we only have 10 minutes, but like I, I appreciated the the story that they told, um, specifically with the the beginning of the episode with Padme's funeral and all of that, and like seeing her run uh, and Bail Organa being like, "I'm here for you if you need me." And mm-hmm. Just the way the, the 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 plot, I guess, of it connected, I was like, "This is really really cool." Yeah. Um, but I just feel like overall with the the series, it's like the Dooku stuff outshined the Ahsoka stuff so much that I wish that they that the season was just Dooku and then a different season was just Ahsoka. Yeah. Because I liked the idea of every episode being kind of like a random time jump of like, this is this moment. This is this moment. Just fill in in gaps. Yeah. Cause I'm right there with you. The, I cannot believe how much they flushed out Dooku in 30 Th- minutes of content. Yeah, like it's insane. And and it's because they did the time jump thing, but they made sure it was the right moments. And like the, the episode of um, Dooku dealing with Qui-Gon's death <sighs> and being sad about it and being at that tree, like mourning his apprentice, Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah. And like the way that we even see Qui-Gon, he's like, yo, I saw a Sith on Tatooine. Yeah. And it's and like, like, and like in Star the order, because like it's interesting because a lot of those conversations in episode one, you kind of see from the perspective of Anakin, you don't get like the full grasp of like how the rest of the Jedi order feels about this. And people are kind of doubting Qui-Gon and stuff like that. And I love that even in the, the first episode with them, which is justice with uh, Dooku and Qui-Gon, uh, with the whole uh, kidnapped senator's son and stuff like that, um, where you see that how much of the ideals that they share, but how they go about it in different ways, um, and how that led Dooku to kind of jump ship. And you get a little bit more of an understanding with uh, Qui-Gon Jinn in episode one of like why he's kind of a weird hippy dippy dude who you know, believes enough in the system that he wants to still be a part of it, but knows that things need to be fixed and how they deal with things. Um, and seeing how that kind of pays <laughs> off in uh, the uh, the third episode with them, the, the Sith Lord, where because people, I feel like, associate Qui-Gon with Dooku and kind of understand Dooku's... Uh, not morality, but uh, his understanding of how they do things for the Galactic Republic and stuff like that. They don't take Qui-Gon as seriously. Yeah. And just those little things. And yeah. I mean, even Duke's line where he's just like, uh, like, you're Apprentice Obi-Wan. I hope to meet him one day. I know, because that that was a good (laughs) callback to uh, Attack of the Clones where he was like, oh, Qui-Gon always talks so highly of you. And then it's one of those, I I loved it because it felt like such a random 
scene with him and Yaddle. Uh, shout yeah, I mean, uh, shout yo, out to Yaddle. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> like, real talk, watching these episodes, I'm like, this is cool. Something I really appreciate about Tales of the Jedi is it... I, I have criticism of a lot of the Star Wars animated stuff because it feels like a kid show, and at moments it can be more for this adults. This did not. This did not, and I think a lot of it had to do with the runtime, where had they been 20, 30-minute episodes, there would have been a lot of kids stuff. Yeah. It's not that this dealt with more adult topics or anything. It's just it. they, they were talking about senators and the, the um, separatists and all that stuff, yep. just like all the other shit has, but they didn't have the Jar Jar moments. They didn't have the like, <laughs> LOL comic relief happening. Yep. It was like just the serious stuff and just the like dope action and things. And by the time we get to the the showdown, when the, the Yaddle episode, which is one of my favorite things I've seen in Star Wars. They just did it. They did all the things you'd want. If you like Jedi, if you like lightsabers, if you like the Force, if you like all the things that people like to pretend like you're an idiot for liking because the, the, for Star Wars, this is for you, man. Yeah. This, yeah. Is for, this is for the James Burks of the world because, <laughs> goddamn, from beginning to end, this was fan service at its best. They... Had these, they solved the plot hole of Yaddle. Why wasn't Yaddle in the, the council later? They explained it all. And <laughs> in the most it, epic it, way possible. When we yeah. see Count Dooku and we're seeing him turn and we believe it, we understand him going from good to bad. Palpatine there. We see the Emperor, but it's the Emperor in his Emperor robe, but he is episode one era Palpatine. Yeah. So it's like such a funny thing seeing this like skinny little motherfucker. Like it's not the emperor we know, but yeah, like yeah, yeah. he's wearing the emperor outfit. There's something about that that's so cool. Him just looming in the background as this fight's happening. Yep. Then the crushing thing goes down. I'm like, oh my God, they just that crushed was, Seattle. Yeah, that was such a way to go out. In the most brutal way. And then the music hits, the yep. force theme plays. She fucking pulls it up and she's alive. And I'm like, let's fucking go. Are and you then, kidding me? And then she just dies. dies. And, and, and I think, I forget, I, I forget what she says. She says like one more thing to him that I think, like, again, makes that turn for Dooku more heartbreaking because she understands like his frustrations. And she even says, like, I stepped down from the Jedi Council and stuff yeah. like that. And you're like, God damn, and they do enough of putting the pieces in it place. It is you, Dooku, who have run into the arms of evil. <laughs> Man, dude. And it's, it's, it's really heartbreaking in this episode because, again, the last two, I think, did a really good job at fleshing him out of his personal struggles with the Jedi Council, kind of seeing the systemic problems with the Republic and how the Jedi are the the watchdogs of, of the Republic, um, kind of a... In that first uh, episode with him, Justice and uh, stuff like that. Awesome. To, and, but but to see Dooku go from, like, we see him, and even in the first episode we see him, it's like, yo, there's shades of bad in there, right? Yeah, like yeah, him, yeah. like, he's ready to fight. He pulls out his limp dick lightsaber, but it's blue and all that stuff. But then by the time we get to to this and the Emperor's essentially like, you're a good, you're my apprentice now, yeah. right? Like, you are on yeah, the Yeah, killing Yaddle was, like, that, that was moment. the moment. Yeah. But not only does he kill her, the way he kills her, he takes his lightsaber and her... Fucked up body on the floor. He just like takes it like a baseball bat and just beats the shit out of her with it. Yep. As the emperor's just like in the background getting off on the whole thing. I was like, God damn, this shit is so fucked up. And yep. that's the type of stuff we don't normally see in these shows with without being distracted by it. no, but it's light though. It's light. It's yeah. like, no, no, no. They just let it be dark. And I I, I really enjoy the um through Dooku, right? I, I really felt like this moment more so than any other prequel era thing. Like, how much Palpatine kind of, like, uh, co-opted uh, the Separatist movement. And, like, uh, through the kind of story of Dooku, you really feel like, no, there were, like, legit problems with the Republic. And people had legitimate problems that felt like came from a good place of the way things are structured, the way uh, the, the system is failing a lot of planets, and how they wanted to genuinely fight uh, uh, back against that. And then you kind of, even just in this episode, you... you Put together the pieces of Palpatine seeing that, seeing the way that people are exploited, seeing those frustrations, and then taking over that movement just to like for political power and political gain and not really going to fix anything for these people, but just to ensure that the Republic is split enough that he, he can easily take power. The, the way that they cement that even more. And again, just like a 12 minutes short yeah. is so so good and i also want to call out the the choices episode which is uh dooku and uh windu and uh, like a younger windu that like uh kind not of on the council yet yeah we not see on it the happen. council yet and stuff like that and they even the way that like dooku the choice that he makes in there 
I think is it's one of those things where like I see where he's coming from and like uh the way that he he fights it back against these people who who killed uh this other uh Jedi and how he conducted himself there and his frustrations kind of boiling in that moment. Um I I I felt like it was almost like a in that moment it for his character, it made sense of making this kind of just movement. But because Windu follows protocol, which isn't really just in that moment of what these people are doing and how they uh, have been treated and how they treated this uh, Jedi who is just trying to help out, it seemingly, right? Um, Windu gets the promotion, you know? Like, yeah. that's He sees the upward trajectory of, like, oh, you only gain power here when you fall in line. And again, another systemic failure of how uh, the Jedi order is ran, how the Republic is ran. Again, you understand why Dooku is just like, I'm so disenfranchised by this entire thing. And again, when we get that, uh, that, that final, the Sith Lord episode is what it's titled. It's so heartbreaking. Bryce Dallas Howard as Yaddle. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Shout out to, uh, to Bryce there. Very good performance by Yaddle. Um, it's just, it's really heartbreaking to see Palpy kind of like take over his just uh, ups, uh, like um, problems with with the Republic and just be like, all right, well, it's uh, for my personal gain. Um, yeah, and so, that's all that's yeah. all I really got because again, the Ahsoka stuff was just very service level. Yeah, uh, I I just want to say if you have no interest in watching Tales at all, watch Episode Four, watch the Sith Lord. I think that that is the one thing it yeah. is like. 13 minutes, and it is just pure awesome. Star Wars awesomeness. So damn cool. Check it out. Um, I want to give the final shout-outs to Patreon producers here. Ryan Anderson, Kenny Kimball, Eric Velasquez, Ivan Quiz, Scotty Wyatt, Alex Gradle, Mama Murr, Al Tribesman, Jacob Meyer, Stefan Stryker, Gordon McGuire, Burt Meg, Jason L., James Davis Makes, The Nanobiologist, Arrow Joe, DJ Kanto, Ryan T. from Tennessee, Derek Garrick, Donald Eccles, Short Fuse 06, Jordan Harrison, and Sean Valoric. Thank you all so very, very much. We will return next week for Star Wars Andor Episode 11, the penultimate episode of Season 1. Uh, Carboni will be there. I'll be there. Barrett will be there. I'm pretty sure Sage will be there. I think we're going to get him next week. But <laughs> until next time, I love you all. May the Force be with you. <laughs>